This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 58. Starting to feel like series nine is uh, is uh, truly kind of in its foundation now and just looking forward to um, all the other episodes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? We've got an episode under the belt, well, two now. So, yeah, we're properly into it, which is great. Yep. We've got an interesting review. I think this one's going to be slightly different to last week. Mm. The Witch is familiar. Yeah, yeah. I've got some, some additional thoughts and feelings on it. Sure. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I yeah. must admit, I, I went back and I watched it again last night, actually, just to refresh my my thoughts on it um, and made a few more notes. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Sure is. Um, what we got coming up? So, we've got news coming up, as usual. Thank you very much for sending in your audio, audio reviews and video clips as well. Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing the uh, audio clips. Second week on a bounce, I was like, um, yeah. So you guys were really cool with this last week, um, and I thought this week is just going to fizzle out. But no, you, true to form, you guys uh, have shown um, how awesome you are again. So you filled up Facebook, which is awesome, and you also sent in some more clips. So thank you very much. Brilliant. What have you been up to, buddy? Um, well, well, it's been a bit all work and no play this week, but I, I did order a Doctor Who annual off of eBay yesterday. I got it for a bargain price of £1.20 plus a couple of quid postage. And um, it's the Tom Baker one, 1979. I haven't got it. And <laughs> if anyone out there has got it, I just want you to look at the cover and look at his hands. Because somebody posted on Twitter, this is the reason I, I suddenly wanted to buy it, suddenly pointed out on Twitter that if you look at the cover, it's Tom Baker's face and shoulders, but John Pertwee's arms. So oh. it's actually, it's even got John Pertwee's ring and the frilly cuff shirt. Um, so yeah, if you've got that annual, 1979, have a look at the cover because I don't know what's going on. Maybe the artist only had a shoulder shot of Tom, <laughs> but he's, for some reason he's put Pertwee's hands on it, arms on it, I mean. So yeah, I thought I'm going to get that because I like little things like that. They intrigue me. Hold on a second. Right, let me just make sure I'm, I'm understanding you correctly. Mm. Um, it's got Tom Baker's head and, and shoulders. Yeah. But um, his arms. Pertwee's uh, arms and hands. Yeah, yeah. Um. Hold on a second. Right, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at this right now. Are you looking at the cover? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's the one with it's got Doctor Who in big red letters. That's it. With the yeah, blue yeah. drop shadow and stuff, right? Okay. And on the left, it's got starring Tom Baker as Doctor Who. Yeah, and, and he sort of got his hands out, isn't it? And you can see the ring on his. Oh, I thing. read you. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. And it's even got his frilly cuffs. So there is a ah. there is a picture that they've used. I can't. I've, I've retweeted it on Twitter. So, um, yeah, have a look on Twitter. You'll see they've got the John Pertwee picture. So you can see the exact arms that the artist has used. But why use them instead of Tom Baker's, I don't know. But I like ah, little things like that. That's quite cool. Yeah. Um, I really like the little BBC logo as our authorised edition as seen on BBC TV. <laughs> Lovely. You yeah. don't see that anymore. No, you don't, do you? No, sign of the times there. Oh, that's a cool find then. Was that expensive on eBay? 
No, it was one pound twenty oh, uh, plus wow. plus two pound postage. So I was very pleased. Yeah, I thought because I I do love the Doctor Two annuals actually. If you can pick up some of the older ones, um, they, I don't know. They've got something about them. I mean, sometimes they had stories in them that didn't even relate to the show. They're a bit <laughs> of a sort of um, strange little thing. The older annuals. Uh, so yeah, I, I've been kind of sorting out all my old ones to see which ones I've got, which ones I haven't got. And uh, surprisingly, I hadn't got that one. So yeah, I was quite pleased to pick it up such a cheap price there's a really um there's a really cool cover for one of the um the very first hartnell ones um it's um it's it's like a it's really cool illustrated picture it's got um hartnell on the front um and it, he's on i can't remember what planet he's on but it's like a desert looking planet it's all oh, orange one, and stuff yeah is it the one with the zabi yes yeah yeah um and it's interesting how they've drawn the tardis in the background on that one it's got a really high, almost pyramid-like roof. Yes, I can picture it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's a really cool cover. I think that one, I'm not sure how hard that is to get hold of these days, but um, yeah, that that's one of my faves. I mean, I really like these old illustrated covers from, from the classic years. Mm. Look very cool. I think now they're mainly photos, aren't they, and of the yeah. cast and stuff, but these ones are very cool. Yeah, that's why I like them. That's why I'm sort of going to try and get a few if I can get them cheap, because like you said, there's a real charm and, and stuff to that that sort of illustration and the older style of how they did them. I know exactly what you mean about that TARDIS. I could picture it yeah. in my mind's eye. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's really cool. And um, uh, what I was going to say, yeah, so this is going to be like a new mission for you now, is that you're going to start collecting these classic annuals. It's going to be it, a new thing. Mm, it could uh, be dangerous. I have got quite a few. I mean, I have got a few, but um, not as many as I thought, although it's possible they're in storage i'm kind of sort of trying to get my stuff together at the minute but but yeah i, I think i'm going to get a few more yeah this might sound like a daft question mm. and it probably is a daft question but um <laughs> did they bring these out annually and just uh, let me explain <laughs> i know it's an annual but did they bring them out like every year throughout the classic years and stuff or did they miss a load of years especially when you know they packed it up after the, the movie um, do you know what? I uh, Yeah, the honest answer is I don't know. Um, I think they did them pretty much every year. I think there was perhaps a couple of years missed out. But there is a lot out there. Um, right, yeah. yeah. I don't think. Loads. Yeah, I think it, I don't remember. I'm looking down there. I don't remember any for the McCoy years, actually. Right, okay. Uh, and they would be, they would probably be the ones I would have because obviously I would have been buying stuff around that that time i don't yeah actually i'll be really intrigued to go and have a look now to see if there are any mccoy annuals because i don't recall any i certainly don't have any i'm looking down at my shelf now no mine stops at colin baker okay mm. so has anyone got a mccoy annual out there there must have been a mccoy one i don't think there was you know no. i can remember a yearbook with like um the remembrance dalek on the front and stuff like that but right, right. yeah so maybe they did that instead but i don't remember a, an annual do you know what you could be right mate I don't, yeah. There was definitely, hmm. I've definitely got a yearbook or something like that. They called yeah. it something else. I've definitely got something of that. But I think it had all the doctors, but I do recall the Remembrance Dalek on the front. So, yeah. Right, okay. I was going to say, there must be loads of these as well. You know, technically, There's... there must be about 53 of them. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously yeah. there isn't because they would have missed out a couple of years. Plus, there's no McCoy one, so and there's no McGann one. That would have been cool. Imagine mm. a McGann one with Eric Roberts badly drawn on the front, <laughs> and, and you know, oh, that would have been cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been very cool. And yeah. I think they stopped doing these illustrated covers quite early on, though. That's the problem because they're very yeah. cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I think from Pertwee maybe onwards. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was gonna say the Tom ones. They seem to sort of mishmash photos and drawing, yeah. which is a bit odd. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Yeah, not a lot uh, else. What about yourself? Me? What I've been up to? Um, not a lot really. It's been no. one of those quiet weeks for Doctor Who because I think I've just been like I've rewatched um, The Witches Familiar a couple of times and, mm. and I've just been into um, just been into the whole new series really. Um, one thing that did catch my eye though, and this is a bit of a plug for. Uh, one of our friends. Um, if any of you guys have ever purchased anything from those guys at Lavazzi, you know, they did that that um, replica Tom Baker scarf. Yeah, yeah. Which was bang on, and then they brought out a newer one um, a, a year later, which is a bit longer and a bit more screen accurate in terms of colours and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so those guys. Anyway, they're going to release some new stuff um, today, I will say, if you're listening to this podcast today, Friday the 2nd of October. Oh. Um, they've got some new stuff. They've got a Tom Baker tie. Um, they've got a Seventh Doctor hanky, mm. um, a TARDIS Pandorica scarf, and um, a new Tom Baker scarf, which is in a slightly shorter size. Oh. So if you're not up for having like you know miles worth of fabric like streaming behind you as you're <laughs> running down the street in a huge Tom Baker scarf, you can get a shorter version, which is a bit cheaper as well. That sounds cool. I must admit, yeah. I love the Lavazzi stuff. Um, do you know? Funny enough, this is. God's honest truth. I was wearing my burgundy Doc 2 scarf because I was just in the house uh, yesterday afternoon and I I just had a bit of a day of it. I don't know why. Sometimes it's like a comfort thing. <laughs> this might sound so I just put the scarf on. Yeah, and uh, I did realise at one point that I'd got it dangling in the cat's water bowl. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so maybe I should get the shorter one. That sounds pretty cool. Yes. I love the sound of the seventh Doctor Hanky as well. I know that sounds... I know it sounds like well, it's just a hanky, but it's the one he wraps around his hat, I think, the yes. red one. So that's that's pretty cool. Good for cosplayers. Yeah. yeah. And they've also um, set up a new fan club as well. Have they? Yeah. So if you pop your, your email on there and sign up to that, you'll get 10% off. Oh, so yeah. cool. So I'll, st I'll stick a link to these things in the um, in the post, uh, the show notes. So um, a little plug there for our friends at Lovati, but they do make very cool stuff. So They do. What's the Tom Baker tie, by the way? Because I'm intrigued by that. Um, so there was no pictures up when I looked at the article the other day. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't see a picture of it as yet. I don't think they've they've produced one yet. But um, by the time you're listening to this, which normally goes out fairly early on a Friday, depending on when you're listening, basically, if you just head over to Lavazzi, um, I think it's just Lavazzi.co.uk/slash Doctor Who or Doctor Hyphen Who or something like that. Mm. Um, you'll you'll see it all on there. They should have released them at that point. So whatever. Have you have you ever seen the the doctor? Uh, sorry, have you ever seen the the Tom Baker Y fronts that came out back in the seventies? Yes, they were <laughs> um, quite quite the the fashion statement. Yeah, very much so. Not that you yeah. put them on display that often, but they weren't exactly pulling pants, were they? They weren't exactly <laughs> the sort of thing you go going out on a date. You wouldn't sort of put them on, but but uh, they were certainly very striking, weren't they? But for anyone that hasn't seen them, it just a pair of Y fronts with Tom Baker's face, I think the one that was in the opening credits or something similar, just right on the crutch, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a very unique bit of um, bit of uh, merchandise. Yeah, I think. if yeah. I remember correctly, they were bright blue. They yeah, were, they were a blue colour. And they had Dalek. No, did they? I'm sure they had his face and then some Daleks with the logo and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I but, think so. But, yeah. yeah, they were right on the front sort of yeah. crotch, crotchal area. Mm. I'm sad so. to say I never owned a pair. Um, <laughs> I don't feel my collection's complete because they, yeah, I never, never managed to get them. I'm not, I'm, they're not the sort of thing I'm going to pick up on eBay either because, you know, I don't fancy a pair of worn 
worn Tom Baker underpants. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things actually about Tom Baker's scarf, which mm. always, I've, for some reason, I have no idea why I think this, but anytime I'm watching a Tom Baker episode and he's got the, the, the famous scarf, um, mm. I, always, I always wonder how he doesn't tread on it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else thinks that when they're watching Tom Baker with the scarf, but he always has it like in the, you know how he wears it, like round the neck a couple of times and then just the, mm. the two bits just come down and they scrape along the floor. Um, I, I always wondered how he how he doesn't, because tr- I would do that like every other step. Yeah, me it, too. It'd yeah. be like, oh, caught it, oh, caught it again. But he's got a knack for just kind of gliding along and not stepping on it. It's quite, quite gracious, uh-huh. really. Unless there's a lot of outtakes that we haven't seen of him, like flying across the set and knocking the walls down. Uh, yeah, but that, yeah, it's a good point. That would be hilarious. That would be brilliant. The, yeah, the, the lost outtakes of, of Tom Baker. Because it is a really long scarf, actually. You mentioned that that um, more screen accurate one they did of it. And yeah. I've got that. And I, I honestly can't wear it. it is, I mean, I'm, I suppose I'm pretty short. I don't know how tall Tom Baker is. He's quite a big guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a long scarf. Um, the actual yeah. real thing. So yeah, yeah. Kudos f- to Tom for m- for making it all through all those years. There's probably um, About, uh, at least spraining an ankle. Yeah, there's probably enough outtake somewhere to fill like a Blu-ray, like three hours worth <laughs> of just Tom Baker tumbling around. Like. <laughs> Maybe that's why he got progressively more angry as he went on. Maybe yeah, yeah. that's why he got so so uh, annoyed. Yeah, the damn scarf. <laughs> damn scarf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, not been up to anything else, mate. Just um, just watching a, a few times through the the new stuff and um actually no tell a lie i've i um ages ago um when i started picking up these doctor who books you know um the the re-edition you know when they reissued a load of those books and on the spine they've got like a little black and white photo of that doctor and they did one to 11 oh. or something like that yeah 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 i know the ones you mean yeah, yeah. so i picked up a few of them and i started reading the first not the first one but i started reading the um the chris eccleston one only human um this was about i don't know seven eight months ago now um but i stopped reading it for some reason i think i tend to do that with books when i get a new book i'm too hasty to start reading it while i'm halfway through another one yeah i know um, what you mean yeah. so i've restarted reading that one so hopefully i'm going to finish that soon um but that's a cracking gareth roberts story yeah, yeah. Is that is that the one I, I often get confused? Is that the one that sort of ended up being the tenth Doctor story, or not? Or is it different? Mm, it's one. It's no. It's one about the caveman. Oh, the right. Neanderthal um, character. They get stuck in the present time. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I always get it confused. Yeah, I'm because I'm thinking of Human Nature, Family of the Blood, which was uh, no, that was Paul Cornell, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always get those mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a good story though. It's um the Doctor Rose and and uh, Captain Jack. Oh, So cool. it's quite funny as well. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like that team. I like them together. Yeah. So I'm reading that as well. Hopefully get that finished soon. I think I read up to like chapter, I think about like the fifth or sixth chapter when I first started it. So I'm up to that again now. So I'm going to power through. I know what you mean about the books. I've got, I mean, I, I love buying books, but I never have the time to read them. And mm. uh, I'm the same as you. I sort of, I hate to start a book and not finish it. Um, I've been reading the blooming To Kill a Mockingbird for about 10 years. Um, <laughs> I just uh, struggling with that. But, um, but yeah, I've got, uh, there's three new Capaldi books that have come out this this week, I think, um, that have just turned up uh, this week. Um, and again, like they've gone on the shelf and I'm thinking, I haven't even read the third one in the first three that they brought out of his new books yet. So, mm. Yeah, I've already got like four Capaldi books lined up, ready to read. Ready to now, go. I can't think what it's called. It's like Deep Time and 
uh, I can't remember. They've been floating around on the net for a while, but they've only just been released. Yes. Um, so yeah. I don't know if you know the ones I mean. Yeah. 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 So they've just turned up this week as well. So yeah. more books running out of shelves. Need some more shelves. Need more. Need another room. Yeah. Need another room. Need more time. Need a house that's bigger on the inside. <laughs> Definitely do. <laughs> 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 Shall we land and do some news, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. First up this week, we have um, a new uh, collectible figure that's been unveiled, um, which I have to say looks very good. Very good. So, if you guys have ever had anything, purchased anything from, or seen anything from a company called Big Chief Studios, uh, you would you would know that they they've already done quite a, a few Doctor Who collectible figures already. And when I say collectible figures, I don't mean like. Um, the the six inch action figures i'm talking about the proper i think it's one sixth one sixth scale mm. um decent size uh poseable figures that look really good they've already done um tom baker and david tennant um, and they've just unveiled um the ninth doctor one chris chris eccleston and it looks really really good yeah it the looks, detailing yeah. on these are always excellent aren't they i mean they 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 are expensive, like you say. They're, they're more. They are a collector's item rather than a sort of toy or anything, aren't they? But yeah, the detail on it is is dare I say it, fantastic. But it <laughs> it, it really is. It it looks incredibly good. I mean, I think all the ones they've done so far have, have been pretty decent. The tenant one was was good. The Baker one they did two different heads for it. I think the second head was really good. Um, yeah, this looks this looks great. He's got some good accessories as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So they they popped some some pics onto their Twitter feed uh, the other day and they've got like a full they've got a full size one where you see you see the doctor in his entirety and they've got um he's like standing there he's got his, his sonic and stuff in in a pose but they've got his um they've got his costume spot on as well the jacket looks really mm. good um they've got the the coloring correctly and everything like that and then they've put um another pic on there which is like some headshots um and in terms of like head sculpts there are i know what you mean about the tom baker one one of them wasn't particularly great um yeah. but i think it was the second one i think you're right the second one was was a bit better and they kind of did um if you guys have seen the the david tennant one it kind of looks all right it it, it does look good but from certain angles it it's got this weirdness about it. It doesn't really look mm. like David Tennant from a certain angle, but yeah. Um, but this one, they seem to have nailed it pretty much spot on. It, it's it, good. It looks they've, really good. They've got the ears right. <laughs> yeah, they've got the ears right. Yeah, um, and they've do got they, the mouth right as well. Yeah, no, it's a good likeness. I was going to say, do they? You know, sometimes nowadays they do like this laser. Um, you know, they sort of put it, not laser, they put it into the computer, don't they? They get the actor to sort of do a, a 3D image on the computer for them to mould it and stuff. And um, I wondered if they use that, but I'm guessing they don't. I don't know. But it's a good likeness, however yeah. they've managed to do it. But you know what I mean? I think character did it for a while. They sort of actually get a, a 3D physical um, printout to yeah. sort of use as, for the sculpt. Yeah, they do like a, yeah, they do like a 3D sort of laser copy thing mm. where it scans the head like 360 and then from the computer they do like a 3d print of it now and stuff like that i think there's still a lot of craftsmanship involved though i think there's still a lot of 
stuff that like um, the artists have to do and that. But I just couldn't yeah. imagine Chris actually um, <laughs> going in to do that. Uh, but but they, however they've done it, yeah. I think, like you said, the likeness has been they're, they're always quite good. But I know what you mean about the Tenant one and the, and the first Baker one. The, the Capaldi one was was fairly decent, I thought. Um, but this is really good. I think it's a really good likeness. I love the fact they've. I've just noticed on the little accessories you've got the um, the egg. What was it? We were talking about this. You know, blonde felch oh, from yeah. the, from the um, what's the story called? Boomtown that we reviewed the other week. Yes, that, that's yeah. her, isn't it? That's her as an egg. As I an think, egg, yeah. I yep. believe, which is which is superb. And mm-hmm. that little thing, that little funny robot droid from End of the World. That's cool. Yes, the little spider like insecty type robot thing yeah uh, there's two versions of the sonic yeah um, because they can't really do enough sort of moving parts and something that's small you've got a sonic that's like standard size and then there's one that's in the extended version as well why does he come with a banana ah that's when oh, oh hold on there is an episode isn't there in series one of new doctor who there's an episode somewhere with him and a he does something with a banana. I know that sounds extremely dodgy, but isn't, <laughs> I don't mean to sound it that way, but he does. There is a scene, isn't there, with a banana? Come on. I can't think of it. The only one I can think of is when is in Let's Go Hitler, where he pulls River Song's got the banana as a gun. I can't remember the Knife Doctor with a banana, but it must be because it's in there. <laughs> it's in there, so it has to yeah. be true. Yeah. Um, no, come on. It's it's there. There's a There's an episode with something with a banana. I can hear the listeners screaming at us, but I, I can't. I can't think of it. <laughs> I was just thinking that it's one of those moments where people yeah. are listening, going, "You flipping idiots! It's <laughs> it, this." I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll come to me, but I can't think of it. Yeah. Actually, I just got to ask you: Have you seen the exclusive Twelfth um, Doctor one that Big Chief are doing for the Doctor Who Festival? Yes. That oh, Alex. Yeah, yeah. It looks brilliant. I it's. I think again, it's going to be around the sort of two hundred pound mark. I mean, how much is this one? One. They're normally around two hundred pounds, aren't they, or just under? Or yeah. So this one, um, I'm not sure if you can pre-order it as yet, um, but yeah, it will be around the hundred and eighty pounds. That's it. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I think yeah, the the festival Doctor Who festival exclusive of the twelfth Doctor. I think it comes with the brown jacket, if I remember. Looks brilliant, and he's going to be about two hundred quid. Just oh. Yeah. So the Capaldi one, it does look, as you say, pretty awesome. They haven't put anything on. Um, they've got a little snippet on their website, um, and you can pre-order it. Is this the same one, or is no, this a different one? No, no, it's a different one because it, you can only this one's only going to be available at the at the festival. Oh, so of course, yeah. Sorry, a special yep. that they're doing for it. Yeah, yep. I'm just looking at this. Um, the pictures they often pose their figures with a really cool uh, TARDIS, which I don't. You can't buy that TARDIS from them, can you? Well, oh, you, <laughs> you can buy. The tenth Doctor's TARDIS. Oh, yes, um, and you can buy the eleventh. Um, hold on, yeah, the tenth and the eleventh Doctor's TARDIS. You can. They're going to bring those out separately, and you can pre-order them now. Ooh, how much are they going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, tenth um, Doctor's TARDIS, two hundred and seventy. Oh, and the same price for the eleventh Doctor's. Um, now, I have to say, they do look just amazing they they do look good yeah and you might think well you know they're they're very similar so they'll just do like a similar build and just touch them up differently but the difference between the two 
um, Doctor's TARDIS is bang on, absolutely spot on. So mm. the the Tenth Doctor one's a slightly darker wood um, and looks a little bit more aged, should we say? Yeah. Whereas the Eleventh Doctor one, the the Matt Smith one, the the, the blue is a bit more of a a richer blue and the windows are different and it's a different shape. So they have put a load of detail in. They look really, really good. They do look nice. It's so tempting. I mean, God, I know on my other half of today, it'd be like, oh, we don't need any more <laughs> TARDISes in the house. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I'm even looking around my room now. I've got so many different variations. Um, a strange question, but how many TARDISes, TARDIS, how, how many TARDIS have you got? <laughs> how many TARDIS I? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've got three. Right. Yeah, I've got, one that came with like the um, the toy line. So when I got the David Tennant action figure toy thing with Martha Jones and some other bits, oh, I got yes. TARDIS with that. Um, uh, actually, now I've got four. So I've got that one. I've also got one that came as part of a Titan thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Titan. I know. Yeah. Um, and I've got one that's a bit smaller. Um which I don't think it's any it's part of any line. It's just like a little smaller one. I think I got it from Forbidden Planet. Um, and I've got one, another one as well, where you put your finger on the bottom and you spin it. Oh, I know. Yeah, know. smaller, smaller version. Yeah. yeah. So I think one's. So I think I've got the toy version of the tenth Doctor one that came with that figure. And then I think the one that you put your finger on, spin around, is the next. I think that's Matt Smith's TARDIS. Yeah. Mm. So I've got a few. You've got you've got loads, haven't you? I have. In fact, I was. Um, I nearly. Uh, had another one last week but i couldn't i went into b&m and there's they've just brought out an exclusive it's um it's a, a money box one so it's the same size as your one that came with the five inch figures yeah um and it's the capaldi one so it's the capaldi blue and it's got speech and light sound effects so presumably uh, you've got some of 12's phrases um, okay. ho- hopefully it hasn't got shut up anyway i went to <laughs> b&m there they were they were on the top shelf like a million miles up in the sky and I'm quite sure and I couldn't reach them <laughs> so I was like my other half was laughing I was like I can't get, I just want to have a look at it and it was like really cheap it was like 9 99 um, but yeah I couldn't reach it so I couldn't find any member of staff to ask because I would have got one it was a tenner even though I don't need another target but <laughs> yeah. I wanted to hear what it, it said so in the end I went and got like a little basket a little uh, shopping basket and stood on that and I still couldn't reach it so they were, ju- <laughs> they were just out of my reach but uh, in the end I gave up because as I say my other half was like we don't need any more tiles I was like I know but I just I just wanted to hear it because you know as I say it's got a bit of uh, Capaldi speech presumably when you put money in it I don't know but I might go back and get one at some point you can never have can never have too enough. many TARDIS I TARDIS no, TARDISes no. whatever it's just I think the gods were trying to tell me something no leave it, it yeah just, was just just out of my reach it was oh, okay yeah, I was hoping like a really tall person would just be <laughs> walking past like say just grab me down one of them but then then I would have said actually can you get them all down so I can pick yeah. the perfect one because but, that's what I'm like but, <laughs> but no the universe it, smacked you back down oh it did like, you should have seen me on the basket I could feel it back it was one of those <laughs> um, metal sort of baskets you know like you carry around with you yeah and you could i could feel it buckling under my weight <laughs> and i was thinking I've, <laughs> I've literally got to stand on this try and grab one and get off it because otherwise it's going to collapse it was a nightmare but yeah i didn't get one so well, may, maybe next time don't know why they're up so high yeah because yeah. i want kids lobbing them around yeah that's yeah. right anyway anyway so the ninth doctor from big chief it looks really really good if you're into your collectibles and stuff this could be the one to to get you in the game mm. um again we'll stick a link to it to check it out but it looks very very good 
certainly does. Yeah. Right, in other news, Colin Baker is uh, he's, he's getting around, isn't he, since he had his <laughs> operation. Um, he's going to be visiting the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff on Saturday the 10th of October. Uh, and he's also going to be taking part in a Q&A session down there as well. Um, I mean, yeah. Colin's really getting about lately. He's at everything, isn't he? He's really going for it. <laughs> you can't stop him. You can't stop that man. No, even after uh, an operation, what was he, had a knee replacement or something? Yeah, something like that. Not Yeah, it wasn't just um, wasn't sort of an ingrown toenail. It was actually something big, <laughs> I think. He's, uh, yeah, he's back in it, back in the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you've not been to the, the Doctor Who experience um, and you're thinking of going, this would be a really cool day to go. I would. Yeah, um, and I'm assuming it's going to be quite busy well busier than usual anyway because because colin's going to be there so it might be worth pre-booking your ticket on this one um but if you haven't been and you've been umming and ahhing like oh it sounds really good but we haven't gone um this could be a cool day to go because not only will you get to go and visit the experience you know by itself is a really cool place um you could be able to ask uh, old sixy a few questions but don't mention any poll results uh, if you do or lists and stuff <laughs> or lists that's it yeah, yeah don't mention any lists actually i just realized that's on the uh, the 10th of october that's when we're going to chiswick to the uh, phantom event so oh, we yeah. won't we, we wouldn't be able to go even if we we're thinking of it I'm, i desperately want to go to the experience i just see they're doing a dalek day later in the month as well um yeah. i don't think they've given the date yet but that sounds pretty good they're obviously going to have all the daleks from which is familiar and magician's apprentice and yeah. by the sounds of it so that sounds like it's going to be a good day as well so worth keeping an eye out for absolutely yeah that's going to be a good one and also um where it concerns um the uh, doctor who experience and stuff it's also worth trying to find out if they're running any of the local um cardiff tours as well because they oh, do yeah. them from time to time where you can go ahead and still go around the experience and stuff, but you can pay a bit extra and then you can get like a guided tour of all like the filming locations around Cardiff and stuff. Yeah. So um, it's worth checking on their website if they're doing those as well. So you can tie that in because that's really cool. I would love that. I'd absolutely love that. Yeah. You need to go still, man. I know. Yeah, I do. I really do. I was, I was hoping to do it for my, my birthday this year, but things uh, took a different direction. But yeah, it'll happen. One day I'll get down there. Yeah. It was, well, we still need to maybe possibly look at doing a big listener meetup over there oh yeah definitely that would be awesome we should get that on the radar for next year i think that'd be yeah. brilliant next year big blue box meetup at the uh the doctor who experience and that'd be so that'd be awesome that would be great yeah love yeah. the sound of that yep anyways moving on um lastly in the news we've got uh yeah hmm. so um ah so the beeb <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I don't mean to sound like that wasn't an expletive that I purposely beeped out. I mean, the BBC, um, the BBC have thought it'd be a, an amazing idea to package all of the worst episodes of Doctor Who into one box set for you to buy them again. Yeah. Now, um, right. So there's, there's two elements to this story, which is, uh, yeah. So, the, the news in itself is the BBC have released a new box set, um, which is called The Ten Christmas Specials. And it's available to buy from the BBC shop and from Amazon. It's around 30 quid, just over. Mm. And um, it's a special limited edition box set, um, which in this case, I think 
you'll still be able to get it in maybe 2020, something <laughs> like that. Um, and it's got all 10 Christmas specials, um, plus you get five graphically illustrated Christmas cards. Mm. Um, plus you get an exclusive bonus feature and an accompany accompanying booklet yeah. um, in the package. So uh, the bonus feature is thus. Um, in this exclusive new feature, Rufus Hound journeys through Christmas past to show many of the greatest moments and monsters. Also includes personal reflections from Peter Capaldi and Stephen Moffat. Mm. If that floats your boat. So, mm. Christmas box set, out now. You can go and order that. Um, there's a second part to this story, which I know, Adam, you're going to absolutely love it. <laughs> something tells me i won't but go on yeah so uh they've also released exactly the same box set mm. or, well exactly the same episodes should we say um over in the us um which is very cool yeah i guess as you'd expect yeah as you, as you would expect um however um for roughly the same price roughly the same price um, you seem to get a little bit more. <laughs> mm, this is uh, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now we, we seem to be treading down the same path quite a lot um, with these. Um, and the uh, sorry, when I mentioned earlier about the price for the the UK one, about thirty quid. That's for the DVD. If you want the Blu-ray set, um, that's forty pounds, I think, or thirty-nine ninety-nine. Bit steep. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. The US one, uh, you get a completely different package. So you get everything boxed up in um, like a nice standard Blu-ray disc, but it comes in like a see-through box and stuff. Spread over three discs. The actual covers on the discs look really nice. But you also throw in um, the 10th, no, sorry, the 11th Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver. Oh, they like this, giving their Sonics in their boxes over there don't they They did that with the one to seven blu-ray but what sonic is it is it, it's not the remote surely no um it doesn't it doesn't really say does it um it doesn't say i'm i'm guessing it's the remote really um actually no it's not gonna be the remote because i can see the picture and inside the package and it looks like the the standard toy uh, okay. Uh, that you get off the shelf, yeah. Um, the thing is, it's actually it's more to do with the actual style of the packaging for me because it, the, it basically the US one looks so much nicer because it's sort of in a clear box with a printed image on the front, isn't it? It's just a yeah. nicer looking set overall, I think. You know, personally, I'm looking at, at the UK one now, and you get these Christmas cards, which, quite frankly, look very. They've gone for sort of modern minimalist, would you say? Uh, the UK one. Mm. Yeah, it's got mm. a very much. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the the art style is quite nice. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not a fan of. Um, if we talk about the discs for a moment, um, the actual artwork on the discs on the UK ones, um, they're like this bright blue color, um, but they've got like this um, sort of hexagonal shape with the Doctor's photo in them and stuff like that. Mm. Um, on the US ones, they don't have any of that. It's just the Doctor's photo filling up the entire disc. 
it looks a lot nicer to me. Yeah, the uh, overall the packaging just looks so much better on the US one. I have to say. Yeah, and yeah. also the cover as well. The the um the 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 cover of the Blu-ray has got Capaldi, Smith, and Tennant standing in front of the TARDIS. Like it's kind I'm, of Christmassy scene. Looks pretty cool. I'm intrigued to know about what Sonic it is. I'm guessing it's the toy, but it could be the because in in Australia they got um, a sort of touch control Sonic but it didn't have that stupid removable core thing at the bottom. Um, and out of all the sort of 11th Doctor Sonic toys that come out, mm-hmm. it was probably the best one, but it was only ever so slightly different, but it never got released in the UK. Um, and my gut feeling is it's that one, which is, um, yeah. which is quite a nice little one to have. Yeah. I'm just wondering who this is aimed at, though, because most people surely will have these, mm-hmm. won't they? Um, and like yeah. you said, the, the sad thing is... The Christmas specials, especially in recent years, have been pretty average to say the least. They're not they've not been great episodes. You know, they're not ones that you sort of are gonna put on. I mean, I know we're coming up to Christmas and stuff. Um but I'm just wondering who's gonna buy it because even me and I buy everything. I'm terrible. I, you know, I've got no willpower. I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit of a completist. I just think, yeah, I'll, I'll just get it anyway. Even me, I'm thinking, well, I'm not really fussed about that. So yeah. I'm not sure who's going to buy it unless it's people that have got into the show late and, and, and want to go back and have all the Christmas specials. But it's not even going to have this year. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's already out of date. It's, yeah. it's already going to be a Christmas special behind. Mm-hmm. And bizarrely, do you remember what? The what's the last Christmas special? It's called Last Christmas. Last wasn't it? Christmas, yeah. D- was it that one or the one before where they actually included the last three or four Christmas specials in the set? Oh yeah, the no, it was the one before. One before. I oh yeah, it's the so, Matt yeah. Smith one. Yeah, 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 so, yeah it's the Matt Smith one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've sort of already kind of. So like, it just seems a strange thing to relate, but I, it's basically just, um, you know, a money make. It's just there, isn't it? Yeah. For the money making side of it, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a big seller. No, and and let's face it, the Christmas specials haven't exactly been award winning. You know, highly rated episodes, have they? Well, I'm looking down. Let's look. I mean, Christmas Invasion, I do like. That's the first. That's a, yeah, it's pretty cool. We rate that quite highly. Yeah, Sycorax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Runaway Bride, enjoyable. Voyage of the Damned, bit mm. of a strange one. The next Doctor, no. again, bit of a strange one. The End of Time, parts one and two. See, I always forget their Christmas specials. Oh, they are, I guess, aren't they? Hmm. I guess. So, yeah, I mean, we'll come on to We're going to review them because I know you've got thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. Christmas Carol, I thought was pretty dull. Terrible. Oh, Doctor Widow of the Wardrobe is quite frankly. Terrible. I've, I've, I, do you know, I've never even gone back and watched that ever. No, no inclination. The Snowmen, actually quite enjoyed. thought it was all right. Time for the Doctor, big letdown, and Last Christmas didn't enjoy. So there's only like really two in there that I actually really like. Yes, it's yeah. not a great list. I mean, it's certainly not enough anyway. Um, you know, it's not enough of a good bunch of episodes to go out and buy them again. Um, and what's also quite interesting as well is um, the US, the the Amazon US store um, have actually packaged it up. They do a, an alternate version where you can get the TARDIS um, uh, wireless speaker system with it. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, there's no pricing on that yet, but yeah. It seems like our buddies over in the US are, um, seem to have their act together once again. Yeah, on, you're on getting all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, you're getting all the good stuff. So I'm not sure if they, this must be a BBC America uh, kind of thing where they just seem to 
I don't, I don't know. In terms of especially box sets and stuff like that, they just seem to be a bit more on the ball and you know packaging up some really nice designs and a bit more stuff for your money. So yeah, they they yeah. seem to put a bit more effort in. I think is what it is. When, whenever you compare the two, it always feels like ours just seems to be the bare minimum mm-hmm. they can get away with. And <laughs> yeah, like you said, it always seems to be that they're just putting a bit more effort into the the US versions yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, know know the U- I know the UK set has these Christmas cards but let's face it that's, they're that's, awful that's not <laughs> enough is it to no. make you want to spend 40 quid on a Blu-ray box set it certainly isn't no yeah. anyways if you want to buy them um, you can get them now yeah I am think are they available now or just pre-order now I think it's just pre-order just yeah. pre-order so they're out on the 19th of mm, October they'll be released cool so that's <laughs> that's that. I reckon we should get into our review. Yes, I was going to say that's enough of the news. Let's get into our review of The Witch's Familiar. I am a Dalek. I am a Dalek. This one's a mad one, isn't it? I mean, it's almost like like it's proud. I am a Dalek. I am a Dalek. I am a Dalek. Kill it, Doctor. They're all going to die anyway. Indulge yourself. Go on. Kill the Dalek. Is Clara dead? No! Doctor, no! I'm not dead! I'm in here! Can you hear me? I am a Dalek! I am alive! I'm your friend! I'm your friend! I am your enemy! Your enemy! No, please, no! Mercy! Mercy! You shouldn't be able to say that. Mercy! That word shouldn't exist in your vocabulary. How did Davros teach you to say that? Mercy! Why aren't you trying to kill me? Mercy! Because I would never kill you. You were the last person that I would ever kill. I show mercy! I'm putting the gun down. Open your casing. How? How? Just think the world open. It'll work. Missy Rudd. I do like that scene. <laughs> Did like that bit. Missy's just so evil, isn't she? She's shown her true oh. colours again. Yeah. Yeah. Good good scene. It was a really good scene. Uh, right, so for The Witch is Familiar, mm. uh, we pick up right from where we left off from um, The Magician's Apprentice. Uh, mm. So um, supposedly uh, Missy and Clara had been killed by the Daleks. Um even though we suspected that that probably wasn't the case, but you know, for the sake of the last episode, they had been exterminated, and the doctor was kind of feeling a bit down. Is probably the right way to describe. <laughs> yeah, you know, it looked like Davros had got the upper hand, um, and so yeah, so we pick off straight away, and um, uh, the doctor had um, the doctor has uh, removed uh, Davros from his um, wheelie chair, mm-hmm. um, confronting the Daleks, um, kind of in that. I'm not sure if it's right to say that he was kind of in that nothing-to-lose kind of mode. Um, but yeah, He's pretty he, desperate, isn't he? I think Missy yeah. makes a remark on it, doesn't she? Like, oh, he's going for it now or something. Yeah. yeah, so he was kind of against the ropes a little bit. 
Mm. Um, so he's fighting back. Um, but then we find out, obviously, that Clara and Missy are very much not dead. They've just been teleported um, out into the deserts of Scaro. Missy's got poor old Clara hung upside down while she's sharpening a stick, yep. <laughs> which is quite funny yep. in itself. So she's, she's quite menacing as usual. Yeah. Um, so they make their way back into uh, the city to rescue the Doctor um, via way of the um, quite disgusting, actually, Dalek sewers, mm, yeah. which we'll come on to. Um, all the while, the Doctor has been, um, he's kind of, I think he tries to um, threaten the Daleks a little bit. It kind of backfires. You end up just going back into Davros's chamber, and um, and that leads on to quite a touch. I mean, a lot of this episode was um, a conversation between the Doctor and Davros, which leads to a really, which led to a really touching scene. I thought, yeah, um, between the two of them. But anyway, this was just Davros um, uh, kind of masterminding a, his cruel um, master plan still, mm-hmm. um, which he thinks that the Doctor's gonna. Um, as a result, um, the Doctor's going to kind of give regeneration force to all of the Daleks and Scarrow, including himself. Um, but the Doctor's got the upper hand, as usual. Yeah. Um, rescues Clara, Missy runs off, um, and then we're off on another adventure. Pretty much, yeah. Clara actually says, doesn't she, I want to go and have some mm-hmm. some fun now. Yeah. Some, some real adventure. Mm. But it's yeah, it's pretty much... A lot of it's a two-hander, isn't it, between uh, the Doctor and Davros? Yes, sort of crutch of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the first, um, the first episode in this two-parter um, was very much a um, we're kind of finding out where the Doctor's been and what he's been doing, mm. um, and and also we mix in the obviously the bit with with Davros wanting to take his last revenge, you know, in his dying days. And I thought that this episode was, now that that stuff was all out of the way and we know why the Doctor's there and all that stuff, this was very much a um, a, a character story. Mm. This one, it was very much about um, the Doctor's relationship with Davros, um, yeah. his relationship with Clara and Missy. Um, and really we get an insight into um, the Daleks as well, really. Um, there was a couple of things revealed in this episode that I wasn't aware of about the Daleks. Um, one of them I'll come on to, which I'm really, really confused and not clear and happy about at all. But Okay. Um, but yeah, so it was a real character thing, I thought. We got a real insight into um, uh, the Doctor and, you know, I mean, we knew a lot about the Doctor in terms of, you know, his compassion, you know, and he'll he'll always be a coward in certain respects and he'll always... He'll he'll never push the button, basically. Yeah. Um, which we kind of we've seen that many times anyway, um, with the Doctor's character. But it's the first time we've really seen uh, Capaldi kind of really up against it, you know, and against the ropes this much, where he probably thinks that Clara is is dead mm. because he's still trying to find out, you know, from, you know, he's absolutely shocked, you know, and pleading with Davros and the other Daleks to to bring Clara back because um, there's that really cool scene where he's he's in the the Dalek chamber and he's in Davros's chair and he's got the <laughs> the the extermination gun thing and uh, he's shouting isn't he like bring me Clara Oswald and as far who's, as the yeah as far as the Daleks are concerned she's dead yeah because he's saying who's going to be the one to yeah. tell me who's going to 
dare confront you know confirm it yeah yeah he's really i mean great performance so i I don't know if you remember me saying, but when when I first watched this, uh, I said to you, "There's there's a bit I was a little bit uncomfortable with mm-hmm. um, in, in this episode." Um, and actually, I've got such mixed feelings about the fact that he throws Davros out the chair because I loved seeing Capaldi in the chair, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a brilliantly funny scene. There's some, there's a bit where he's got a cup of tea as well, and he says, "You yep. know." The real question is, how have I got it? You know, the, the answer is, I'm the doctor, just go with it. Which I think is Stephen Moffat basically saying to the fans, you think this all the time, you know, you don't, you know, just go with it. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great scene, but I was uncomfortable with him <laughs> throwing Davros out of the chair because I've always thought that the chair sustained Davros's life. I always thought it was like a sort of life support chair. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like the fact that A, the doctor was just throwing him out of it. I thought it was a bit callous, but I guess, like you said, he's being pushed to the edge, so I kind of get it on a second watch. But also, is yeah, the only thing I could think of is that all those wires and that were keeping him alive, but the fact he was just on the floor, I don't know, I just assumed that that was keeping him alive, because in Genesis, when the Doctor switches it off, he starts withering and dying, and, and he immediately turns it back on. So I I didn't really, oh, so as I say, mixed things, didn't really like that, because I thought, you can't take Davos out of the chair, because he's dying anyway, he'd probably completely just conk out there and then. So that that didn't sit quite right with me. Although I did love seeing Peter Capaldi in the chair, and he looked like he was just having a ball. I bet he was absolutely fanboy in the day they filmed that. Yeah, um, it was a great scene. But yeah, it did as I said, a bit of a sort of confliction of uh, emotion for me on on the actual uh, on on that bit. But um, okay. It was funny that I did love it, and yeah. I do like the way they got round it as well. Because I was thinking, are they going to get him out of there? And the thing with the snakes, yeah, you yep. know, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought, oh, that's cool. Because I had completely forgotten about that character whose name I can't remember and still can't pronounce. Um, Colony Sarf. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Was he even in it? I can't remember. No? He wasn't, but he's him. I think the snakes that make up his body were in it. Right, yeah, cool. Yeah. I was going to say, because he was, yeah, I was thinking we were going to see a bit more of him, and we didn't. But, yeah, I liked that, because that took me by surprise when they sort of started wrapping around the Doctor in, in Davros's chair, and obviously then he gets thrown out of it. I thought, oh, that's cool, because I'd, I'd completely forgotten about them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good scene. I just, um, don't know. I don't don't know that Davros can just be taken out of his chair like that. But, again, like like the Doctor says, we'll go with it. <laughs> yes, Um yeah, that scene. I mean, yeah. So I mean, what I'm saying about character stuff is that it, it was it scenes like that um, that really push these characters forward mm. um, for us because I think the Doctor was very close a couple of times to um, not really doing. I mean, there's a scene later on um, which we'll come on to where Davros gives him the option, which is kind of a fake option. It turns out that mm. you know to to wipe out all the Daleks, but. Um, I felt there were a couple of times where the Doctor was getting closer to that point where he really did have, you know, not a lot really to go on for. Um, and I think he's, that's just added, you know, it's all added to the fact that he's kind of, you know, he's he's got a guilt, not a guilty, but a shameful kind of conscious about letting Davros live as a kid. And, you know, all that stuff is obviously still plaguing him a lot. Yeah. Which we see in some of the conversations later on. But, um so yeah, I mean that. Oh, okay. Let's let's stick with that scene. So I, I, I thought it was quite. I did think it was quite harsh, when when it cut back to um, Davros's chamber and he's just on the floor and there's just half of him, yeah. and his you know his mechanical spine is sticking out the bottom. And, you know, it was quite. 
it was quite harsh. But then I think, you know, as we as we said, it's the doctor's kind of he's being pushed to his limit. Mm. You know, so he'll kind of just do what he wants to do to you know, to sort it out. But I think, yeah, that that is right. Davros does need his 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 wheelchair, if you like, because that does sustain him. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think the fact that the doctors kind of booted him out of it, I think it's just a case of he wasn't out of it for long enough to be a to be a problem. Mm. I think and that's also, all it is. Yeah. yeah, it's just also the fact he was dying as well. I was thinking, oh, I just don't know that that's quite quite works. But but uh, yeah, as I say, I did actually enjoy the scene. I loved seeing Capaldi, and he's, he does come out with some great lines as well about anyone for Dodgem. Dodgems, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you know, there was there was some really great stuff in there. And I'll tell you what, I will just say this while I remember as well. One of the things that I think I like about this this two parter uh, overall is the humour and action and the writing for once i think is really really done well yeah um i think it's i think it's i think the because sometimes the moffat he, he can be a bit all over the place and um i think in this two-parter i, I just think it, it worked incredibly well uh, overall so yeah things like that as i said there were, were little bits where i was a bit no, i'm not sure about that but but i think overall it, it, it pretty much carries off yeah i agree i think it's um there were some moments in uh, episode one where I felt the humour was a little bit lost, especially the scene with the Doctor oh, and the tank and stuff. That's a good point. Yeah, I'd yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah. Some of that humour was a little bit... Mm -hmm. I think just because the scene was just dragged on a little bit um, and they were kind of trying to force the humour out a little bit too much and, you know, we'd already had really funny stuff with Missy. Yeah, so that's it, true. You know, yeah. it kind of paled in comparison. But in this one, I think... They didn't really force it too much. It was just more a collection of little one-liners and stuff. And um, but Missy was really funny still. Yeah, they did turn her up to eleven a bit again in this, which was something I was worried about. But actually, for me, um, it 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 was it still worked. It didn't grate on me like it did in yeah. Death in Heaven. I actually still thought she was was really good in this. I still really enjoyed her performance. She's so cruel to Clara, <laughs> but it's sort of done in such a sort of comical way i mean like the whole thing with the stick and i really like her and clara together i just love the fact that clara doesn't trust her but she's got to go along with her because she knows mm -hmm. missy can help and i i really like that dynamic between the two of them um the sort of mistrust but we've got to work together so uh, you know i got it but she's so cruel to clara isn't she, she yeah when she pushed her down that well and <laughs> And then she, you know, handcuffs her to the sewer and puts her inside the Dalek and then tries to get her killed. Yeah. Ah, um, oh, Missy, you are, she's just, yeah. But I did, I I really, I liked Missy in this. There was maybe just one moment, I think when she was doing a silly American accent that slightly grated on me, but overall I really enjoyed her in this. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I thought she's really, she's really, really funny. Um, yeah. I think it's just um, Michelle Gomez's performance. I think she's got this real good knack of, um, I don't know, making making the character seem more threatening and more kind of uh, scary in a way because she's not being directly sort of evil outright. She's yeah. kind of masking it behind this humour and it kind of makes her more unpredictable, a bit more menacing, I say. Um, and it's, um, I mean, there are some really cool moments as well. I, I think you're right. The the scenes with Clara and Missy together do work really well. Mm. The bit where um, 
Clara and Missy are walking off in the desert back towards the city on the Scaro Desert, um, Clara's like, so can I have a stick? <laughs> yeah, get your own stick. <laughs> get your own stick, yeah. So it's those little interactions are really cool. So, um, I mean, in terms of that, you have to, you know, say that Moffat, he did write a pretty good script. I think so, overall. yeah. It was, it was fairly well done. I mean, the story overall... Um, it was still good, but I think the script was a bit stronger in this one versus the first one. I think the first one was a bit more, yeah, it did. It was a bit for fan service a little bit. Mm. Um, and it was very much Missy stealing the show. But I think in this one, there was a bit more balance. I think the doctor was a bit more kind of leading the show as he should do. Mm. And I think the, the, the cool interactions between Missy and Clara were still there. So I think overall, this was a better script than the magician's apprentice. Yeah, and it's, a, it's it's very well paced, actually. As you mm. said, I think in the first one, they're kind of setting things up. And like you said, the guitar, the guitar and tank scene really slow things down in episode one. This episode, for me, just does whip along at a really nice pace. Um, like you said, there's, there's lots of nice humour in there. There's lots of moments of danger. Um, mm-hmm. We get some great scenes between the Doctor and Davros, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, and talking about stealing the show... Um, yeah, I think Missy's still very good. I think, if anything, I think Davros, uh, Julian Bleach, actually steals the show a little bit in this one. Yeah, we'll come on uh, to that, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll come on to Bleach. <laughs> but, but yeah, overall, uh, just for me, a very enjoyable part two. And I'm so pleased because we've said this before, the Moffat has a habit <laughs> of messing up part twos. Uh, Dark Water, Death in Heaven, I'm looking at you again. But, but I was a little bit worried because when this started, we start getting these flashback scenes. And this is something Moffat does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank goodness it was only the first five minutes because sometimes he does whole stories. Like, what's that awful one with Matt Smith with the beard where it keeps going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. And I was thinking, oh, please don't do that. You know, um, do you know the one I mean? There's a, there's a Matt Smith. Is it the Wedding of River song? Where it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth, you know. And oh this, yes, with a beard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it just so there's no fluent story. It really just takes you out of the story every two minutes. So I was a little bit concerned when this started being a part two because we sort of get all that stuff with the Doctor escaping from the vampire monkeys, was it, or android uh, assassins or something? Yes. And yeah. it's, there's all these flashback sequences. We even got to see a couple of old Doctors very briefly like blinking you'll miss them that was a nice little surprise actually you see like the fourth doctor run past and then the first don't you yes which is yep. totally unnecessary but i love little touches <laughs> like that so yeah i was a little bit worried i thought oh no don't be one of those moffat episodes part twos where you're just gonna keep going flashbacks and giving us answers and and not you know not carrying on the story and thank goodness it wasn't because it worked so much better you got five minutes of explanation and we actually got to find out how missy survived in Death in Heaven and in this and how Clara survived, all wrapped up nicely mm-hmm. in five minutes. So for once, I think the Moff actually got it right, which is, a, you know, I'm so pleased because I, I just was thinking, oh, no, here we go. You know, flashbacks, answers all the way through. And, it, you know, it was so much better than that. Yeah. And I love yeah. the fact he just got that all out of the way in the first five minutes. I thought that worked brilliantly. And then we got into the story. So, yeah. Yes, ma'am. It's um, yeah. I think, yeah. I was about to say something then, just on the back of what you said, and it completely escaped me. Um, but yeah, I think move it. What what would you say in terms of um? So when you said about wrapping everything up, about explaining mm. how Clara was supposedly killed and stuff like that, mm. do you think that it was kind of tidied up a bit too nicely? Do you think it was? 
because um, everything kind of closed off nicely for the end of a two-parter, ready for the start of a next story. And to me, this is a little bit like this is a little bit unmoffet, if you like, because he likes to have mm. this thing where you have like these little story nuggets that go across the complete arc of a series. But yeah. apart from the confession dial, there wasn't really anything else here, was there? Apart from Missy. That he was probably going to pop up again. There wasn't really anything else that we can see that's going to carry over. Well, I don't know because Missy was left in the middle of all those Daleks and Davros, the last scene of Davros is him just being left in his chamber. So we don't really get any resolution of what's going on there. So I, I have a gut feeling we may see them working together maybe in the final. Though it's a bit of a sort of... Um, but I'm just throwing that out there. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. I think we're going to see Missy working with the Daleks. I reckon you she reckon? was kind of well. She was kind of just left with them. Um, I mean, she's we know she's coming back in another episode. So yeah, either they exterminated or she escaped, and we won't see them again. But I get a feeling we might see them working together. Yeah. Well, Although okay. she did poke Davros in the eye, so maybe I don't think he'd be that keen to work with her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that bit actually. I thought that was silly when she poked him in the eye. Because mm. it made the mask look rubbery for you know for the first time ever. That's a brilliant mask they've given him. And she sort of poked him. And, oh, I don't know. Didn't like that bit. Yeah, the eye itself was like just plasticky. It didn't, it had no anyway, give in it or anything, did it? No, it was silly. Should, they should have cut that. But anyway, I progress. Yeah. So I think, I think Davros will be back in a future series. I hope so. I don't think he'll be back in this series. I think that they've kind of left it for us to think, you know, did he survive? I, yeah, I almost hope that we don't see him again, actually, because he was so good in this one that I, I think, um, you know, it'd be overuse of him. Uh, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Like you said, let's leave it great two parter, um, you know, focus it very much on Davros. Yeah. I I think, um, as much as I'd love to see him back, I really would. Um, but I think, yeah, for, it would be better just to leave him for a little bit now. Yeah, it may be 20, 2018, 2019, where we've got a female doctor running around and <laughs> yeah. she's got like a, I don't know, primary school kid as a companion flying. We'll bring, yeah, flying we'll bring a, him back. The pink TARDIS. <laughs> um, yeah, they might bring him back then. But yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, what I meant by tidy up too perfect, I mean, like, Clara, her character always seems to be like this um sort of character theme that runs through an entire series you know it's always something like the doctor trying to find out who she is like you know we had the whole impossible girl thing you know and as a companion in general it's always been um i mean rightly so to a, to a degree we've always had that you know the doctor and companion uh, thing but clara's always kind of stumped the doctor a little bit in my opinion she's always been very um very firm with him and you know if it wasn't for clara quite a few times he probably would have popped it you know but in this one i just felt that there was nothing for clara to really she was kind of um i mean throughout this episode for me she was kind of used as a bit of a scapegoat and just a bit of a puppet for missy really yeah um and then towards the end there was no kind of big you, you know um character reveal from clara like Hmm, this is something that the doctor's going to have to investigate and look into throughout the rest of the series. It was it was kind of strange for it to end like that with just the with Clara taking on the role of a companion that we'd seen in previous doctors where she's just happy to ride in the TARDIS and go on an adventure. 
Mm. She's always been like, I don't know if I can do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's always been up and down and roundabout. And I don't know. It just seemed like a bit too clean cut for me on this one. Yeah, I think that that is the problem with, with Clara's character. She's so unevenly written. Mm. Um, like, I really don't know Clara's character. Like, in this, she seemed to be really clever. She was working out how to find the Doctor. She, you know, she seems to be sort of, like you said on the last review, working with Unit, and she's just... Yeah, I don't know. The, the inconsistency in, in the writing for her char- character... Um, like, I just don't know what Clara is. I, she's One minute she's really sort of, like you said, really brave, wanting to go off on adventures. Other minute she's throwing her toys out the pram and doesn't... Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I think she was a little bit sidelined in this. Um, I think the saving grace was the scenes of her and Missy because they, you know, they do work so well. But yeah. but yeah, she was a little bit sidelined. But the saving grace for her was being put in that Dalek. You yeah. know, that, that created a great scene, especially in, in the clip that you played in. Um, where Capaldi is like, uh, you know, doesn't realise she's in there, but kind of wonders what's going on, and Missy trying to get her killed, and that. I mean, that worked really well. So she got something to do, but yeah, in terms of her character, I think she was a little bit lost in the story. I think a little yeah. bit, yeah. Let's talk about mm. that scene though, because that was quite a powerful, it's a great scene. scene. And I'm in two minds about it, mate. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, I, um, I think the actual idea and the whole scene with with Clara inside the TARDIS and and um, I mean, even when she first goes into it, she first jumps into the TARDIS, and um, oh my god, she first jumps into the Dalek. Oh, the Dalek, yeah. Um, casing, I guess. Um, I'm really confused about the process and how the actual Dalek casing works because mm-hmm. I was always under the impression that the the casing that a Dalek sits inside was literally just used to to move them around for weaponry and for protection as well. Yeah. But it seems to me like when Clara was in there and Miss is explaining to her about how she controls it, she just has to think it and, you yeah. know, that will happen sort of thing. But one thing that I was confused about is that the casing itself seems to control the emotion or the output of the Dalek, which I wasn't, I'm not sure if I, I agree with that because I was always under the impression that the Dalek itself inside the case mm. controlled everything. So it controlled movement and firing weapons and speech and stuff like that. But when Clara was trying to say to the doctor, it's me, it's Clara. But what was coming out was I am a Dalek yeah, it, it it kind of insinuates that the casing itself controls what the what a Dalek is saying, and I'm I'm I just don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's um, I don't know. I'm in two minds about that because it's I kind of like the idea that it's like sort of a um inhibitor. Is that the right word? That it's actually yeah. Yeah. forcing the because what you know when the uh, mutants whatever are inside it, I suppose. You know, Davros has created the Dalek casing, if you like, to control and and you know to to make them emotionless. And so I kind of get that that the you know that it's removing any sort of signs of of any sort of free will, if you like. Yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. It's not something we've really sort of delved into too much in the series before. So I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the fact that she 
she so easily could just sit in it. It's like almost as if the Dalek has a little seat in there and she just literally sat in it as if it was made for a human. Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, again, I suppose is not a big deal, but it did kind of, I sort of thought, well, it's very easy to, although I suppose <laughs> that, that actually, now I think about it, that does kind of fit in. I mean, they have done that a lot in Doctor. I mean, even the Doctors got inside one in, mm-hmm. in you know, William Hartnell and stuff. So, yeah, maybe that's okay. Um, I don't know. I just sort of thought it's a little bit convenient. Yeah, um, a little bit. If, if you like, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, maybe it's just me, but I just thought that with Clara being completely in control of all her emotions and thoughts and stuff, mm. that she would be able to just whiz that thing around and talk as she normally would do without anything overriding her thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah I'm with you. Yeah, and you're, I think you're, yeah, I think you're right as well. I think um, when, when like a, a, an actual Dalek is inside... Um, then this thing is kind of controlling its its emotions, I guess. I just thought that everything. I thought the Dalek, I thought the Dalek creature themselves. I thought I thought it was their own kind of natural thought process that made them so evil without any mercy and stuff like that. I didn't realize that it, they had to be coupled with uh, the mm. casing in order for them to feel that way. I suppose he's sort of suppressing him. I think. Yeah. 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 I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too sure. It's um, a it's a quandary. I I did think about it a lot actually after I watched it the first time. I was like, how is how is this happening? Why is Clara being, you know, why 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 can't she communicate with the Doctor when she's inside a Dalek vehicle? It's a bit like, you know, being in a car, and you know pushing the accelerator but the car wants to push the brake it's like well hold on a yeah. minute i don't need you to you know I, th- I thought it was all just you know more of a uh what's the word organic thing i, I know what you mean yeah. yeah i was thinking a lot of people also pointed out that you know clara being inside a dalek very much reminiscent of uh asylum in the dalek so <laughs> it's yeah, quite good true. to see it quite yeah. good to see her back inside of one um you know and being so unaware of it and stuff so yeah. that was quite nice but yeah i totally hear what you're saying i, I think it made for a good bit of drama it was a good scene though yeah, yeah it was a good scene and um again uh, just want to quickly go back to missy because obviously she's that's quite an intense scene and quite a nasty thing that's going on that she's trying to get clara killed but again missy managed to eject like a little bit of humor in there which which didn't feel out of place to me it was still funny and i'm i'm sort of thinking back to john sim as the master yeah and how he was so zany and over the top and for me didn't work um as much as i like john sim and he is a great actor and was good casting but they did the zaniness and the overtopness of his master didn't work for me whereas michelle gomez seems to be doing if anything a more um eccentric master but she's sort of pulling it off for me so it it does work so it's interesting you know to think obviously that you've got two different people in a sense playing the same characters that she's she's managing to pull off that zaniness i think uh, a lot better yeah i think that's a testament to michelle gomez really Mm, i think so yeah Yeah, because i think the john sim master i think at times was okay he had this I think he was more like the Joker from Batman. Yeah. If if I'm being honest, he had that very kind of underlying menacing feel about him, but he was really kind of slapsticky over the top zany humor stuff where I think Michelle Gomez, I think her the way that she's created the, this character is a lot more subtle in terms of 
you know her delivery if you like yeah. um, I, lo- I loved her dancing around when she was talking to the supreme dance <laughs> dalek and just dancing around the room i mean she is yeah. completely bonkers yeah um, when the dalek was going off <laughs> when we were shouting at her as she was doing the dance moves in like the brilliant. time of the i did i did crack up at that point yeah. i must admit um just before we move on from the scene actually i've just spotted one of my notes and i did love this uh, Missy says, I did that to show you the friend inside the enemy, the enemy inside the friend. Everyone's a hybrid. Okay. I thought that was brilliant because that is the crux of the doctor's, doctor and Clara's, uh, sorry, doctor and Missy's relationship, isn't it? The friend inside the enemy, the enemy inside the friend. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that's a brilliant um, comparison. And a really nice, I, I didn't spot it at first, so I watched it. So that's why I made the note. Um, I really like that. I thought that's clever. I really like that, just that little idea that, that the moth put in there. Yeah, you know, that was cool, actually. Mm. She had some good lines, to be fair. I yeah. mean, that, that scene that we were, which you're talking about with Clara inside the Dalek and uh, the Doctor trying to to find out if it really is a Dalek and stuff like that. Um, mm. That's That scene as well with with Missy um, going, going, you know, trying to get Clara killed and then trying to just brush it off like nothing yeah. afterwards. You know, yeah. really good stuff from yeah. Michelle Gomez. So Gomez good, Clara okay, Capaldi. Um, Capaldi, yep, really good. Yeah, um, really on form. Um, I, I think I liked him more in this one than I did in uh, episode one. Um, episode one, I think. Don't get me wrong, he was still very, very good. Um, still really good, but I think in this one we had a bit more emotion out of him. I think. Yeah. The only bit of emotion we saw in the first one was when Colony Sarf first showed up to tell him that Davros wants to see him. Mm. And then the and then we had Clara saying, you know, that's the look of shame and stuff like that. Um and then later on where he finds out that Clara's been supposedly exterminated. So we had those two moments where we had some really big kind of emotional scenes out of him. But I think in this one we had a bit more. We had the scene at the beginning where He's trying to get the Daleks to tell him about Clara. You know, like you said, he's going to be the first, you know. You can tell in his face he's really, he's almost clutching at straws. He doesn't want to believe that Clara's been killed. Yeah. Um, And then we had the whole scene with Davros, which we'll come on to. And then we had the, the closing scene as well, which was really cool. I mean, he wasn't so much as sad emotional, but... You know, just complete, you know, satisfaction and delight in his face, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Capaldi on, you know, overall, I, st- I still think that he's a great doctor. I do. Um, I still think he's a, he's such a good, he's such a good actor anyway, but I think he relishes in 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 the part of the doctor. Mm. So um, what did you think to him? Yes, I thought he was very good. Yeah, I, I'm definitely on board with uh, Capaldi's doctor. I do sometimes worry... I think he has the. I think Peter Capaldi has the um, potential to be a very, very not serious doctor. But I sometimes worry about some of the humour they give him. That's the only thing. Like um, I don't know. There's a couple of little bits creeping in to his character that that, that slightly jar with me. Um, I, I know I go back to this all the time, but I will say this again. I just if you look at how he was written in the Mummy Orient Express, he was perfect. That was the twelfth Doctor for me. This we seem to be getting away from that. He's getting a little bit more bumbly, a little bit more silly lines. Right. I think Eva Davros said, "Oh, you're still playing the fool." Yeah. Um, and for me personally, I that doesn't suit 
compared to this doctor. I like him being, I don't mind the odd bit of humor. I don't even mind the sharpness to him. In fact, I like it, but I don't, yeah, I, I want to see him a bit more in control. I don't like it when there seems to be a lot of him sort of, um, bumbling around just saying silly stuff which is more suited to matt smith's doctor right um and it's only slight it's, it's just slighting starting to creep in a little bit i've noticed um and i think it's because they're trying to soften his character to make him more likable um but i don't think they need to do that i think peter capaldi is is perfectly good as uh, mm-hmm. you know as the darker doctor as the more serious doctor so i'm a yeah there was only the odd bit but i, I just started to see little bits of well, for want of a better phrase, Matt Smith humour creeping into his Doctor, which I don't think suits him. Um, but I still thought he was really good in it. I mean, the, yeah, the, the interaction between him uh, and Davros was fantastic. Um, played brilliantly. Loved the fact that they were just trapped in that room together. And, you know, and I relished the scenes that we had with the two of them together. And I thought Capaldi was was um, was superb in, in those scenes. So, yeah, yeah. overall yeah. brilliant. It's just as as a part two-parter, there's a couple of little bits starting to creep into the way he's written that I'm not sure. I think uh, perhaps he's better than that. Do you know what I mean? Right, okay. Yeah, but he's still really good. I love Capaldi's Doctor. I really am liking him, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's, um, maybe that's a script thing for this yeah, episode. I, th- I think they're just trying to soften him a little bit, yeah. that's all. Yeah, yeah he was but, very cool, though. Still really good, yeah. yeah. Before we move on to um, uh, the scene with uh, the Doctor and Davros, um, did you did you appreciate the little um, the little scene where we saw the special weapons Dalek from Remembrance? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> when when I saw when I saw that little bit, it's only a few seconds, isn't it? We see it moving past camera, but when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, Adam's going to love this bit. Oh, I do love that little guy. Yeah, and he lights up now. They've put a little light bulb in him Yay. in his head. No, I do. I love that little guy. I'd, I'd like to see him doing a bit more. I think, um, I suppose that is, that is the thing. I was a little bit, I think perhaps the Daleks sort of didn't really do that much in terms of the story in in, in this sort of two-parter, but I think this was more about Davros, so I don't mind. I mean, I would have loved to see the Daleks sort of you know, going off and going on a rampage and more happening with them, mm-hmm. especially as we got the classic Daleks. But yeah, um, yeah, it's great to see him. It's great to see the classic Daleks. I know we didn't get any answers to why the modern day Daleks and the classics are together. Um, and I know that's bugging some people a lot. It's not really bugging me. Is it bugging you? Um, I'm not too bothered about it. I guess because I just love seeing them on screen, but I'm not I, too bothered. Yeah, I it's not really bugging me as such, but I would like to know how Davros had brought them all together across time. Yes, I'd like to know, sort of bridge that gap between, because the last time we saw Davros was when <laughs> it always ends up in like a, a spaceship that's blowing <laughs> up or so. How he survives that man. But yeah, the last time we saw him was Stolen Earth, wasn't it? Was it? Was that what it was called? Where he was like, I name you and the ceiling's coming in on him and fires everywhere. And So we, I'd like to see that gap bridged a bit I think. oh journey's end when he's going oh mental. journey's yeah. end sorry yes yeah 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 me too man so i'd like to know yeah i'd like to know how he pulled all of these different daleks from across time into one place that'd be quite a feat as well so it'd be interesting to know how mm. he did that it would be good yeah um, it would be good yeah um and yeah so before actually one more thing before we move on to that final scene um is what did you think to all the mushed up pooey daleks in the sewers <laughs> um <laughs> that was oh. quite gross i thought it was um it was great don't get me wrong it was a good it was a great concept but yeah really gross man 
it, you know, I, I did, first watch, I didn't like it. I thought, no, I don't like this idea. Where's this mm-hmm. come from? Because you've never had it mentioned before. And like you said, it was gross. Um, bizarrely, I read one of our, not jumping ahead, but I read one of our listeners' comments earlier. Hello, Helen Jones. And she pointed something out, um, which actually has changed my mind on it because she mentions Genesis of Daleks and how the Doctor okay. goes into that room and there's all the Daleks, you know, out of their casing all being, you know, in, in, in there. And I was thinking, yeah, it does... The more I think about it, I suppose it does make sense, but I did, I wasn't too sure about it on a first watch. I didn't didn't really like that idea of the Dalek sewer. Um, I kind of think it's just there to to bring the resolution to how it ends, because uh, again, I'm not even sure I like that idea that they, you know, like when they when Missy brings the Dalek in and they all start attacking it and stuff. And I don't know, something about it doesn't really work for me. Why? How? Is it a living consciousness or what? I, I don't really get it. Yeah, I wasn't. A, I mean, I was a fan mm. of the concept. I like the fact that the Daleks kind of just live on forever. I mean, it's probably not yeah. very nice for them because <laughs> they're just like, you know, flushed away into the sewers and they have to just, you know, cohabit amongst all the other mushed up Daleks. So it's not very nice for them. But yeah. I like the idea that they, they're not just killed and that's it. They kind of survive. They just go on. How does the Doctor know about them as well? Because like he obviously when he's he's because I did like that, but when he's sort of um, giving his uh, regeneration energy and stuff, and mm. then and then he but he knows it's going to bring them up from the sewers, so everything's going to be fine. And he's sort of going one, two, three, or whatever he does, you know three, yeah. two, one. So yeah, I was thinking, how does he know about the sewers? Yeah, I'm not sure how he knows, but he's the Doctor. Yeah, I guess once again yeah. we'll just go with we'll it. Just go with uh, it. <laughs> we'll just go with the it. The one thing I didn't like about the whole Dalek in the sewers thing was um, how it led to the defeat of everything. That's what I mean. I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, it was a bit of a... T- I mean, it just was a way of tidying up the episode yeah. really, really quickly, wasn't it? Just yeah. kind of... Yeah, I did so, think I think that as well. Mm. Yeah, kind of all the slush coming up from the, oh. the grates and stuff. And for some reason, that was enough to stop all of these Daleks and stuff, and I don't know. But I didn't like it. If anything, I think it'd make them stronger, wouldn't it? They'd all be, like, regenerating and... You, you think know, so? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't quite... That didn't quite work for me either, yeah. 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 Uh, right, Julian Bleach as Davros. Oh, yes. Um, you mentioned earlier that it wasn't Missy this time stealing the show, it was Davros. Um, I 100% agree with you, mate. Yeah, he was superb, I thought. Absolutely superb. Yeah. So this guy just gives a belt-in performance as Davros. He was really good in the first part. He had this very subdued, you know, completely different Davros to what we've seen mm. previously, which is um, which is um, pretty much spot on because he's dying, we think. We're, yeah. We're pretty sure of. Um, so he's very much just like a withered old, old man. He's got no energy, really. He's just always, you know, resting his head on his hand and he's, he's quite laboured in his speech and stuff. Mm. Um and then in this episode, that just gets, we just see a lot more. So, a lot, um, yeah. Yeah. So we see him open his eyes. Yeah. That was a shock. Which first, first, yeah. First time I watched that, I was like, really? I mean, uh, I know a lot of fans say this conflicts with Big Finish, which it does, because yeah. Davros uh, hasn't got any eyes. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Now, I haven't listened to Why Davros yet, um, so I don't know. Uh, so I can understand people being. I know somebody that went absolutely ballistic when that happened. Um, for me personally, I actually quite liked it. <laughs> I've always wanted to see Davros 
you know, well, I just assumed he didn't have any eyes. So for me, it was quite a good scene. I, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it was a real gasp out moment for me. Um, but I can see why fans are going ballistic about it, saying it's not right. You know, it shouldn't have happened. He doesn't have any eyes, blah, blah. But yeah, for me personally, I, I did gasp and think, oh, my God. That, you know, yeah, when he switched yeah. his we switched his eye off, I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was quite a moment, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. When I first watched that that bit, I was kind of caught up in the moment really the oh, totally the, the technical the technicalities on story canon and all that stuff mm. didn't really enter my head at first it was just such a good scene um with davros saying that he wants to ro- watch um uh the sunrise or the sunset um uh you know the sunrise sorry on scarrow one last time and i actually fell for it you know i i did fall for it initially Mm. I'm, I'm probably a lot of probably a lot of you guys were like what don't be so ridiculous this is Davros but I did actually fall for it I, there, there was a because it was acted so well yeah you know and there's that really nice scene where um the 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 Dav uh, I was gonna say the Davros and when the Davros Dav- said you know can't you see that I'm dying you know did you doubt that I was dying and the doctor said yes and then his his reply is you know you're not a good doctor and they both start laughing and stuff. Brilliant. I, that was so good. I mean, that is Moffat at his best. Yeah, I, th- I think absolutely. we can agree. You know, that is those those little Moffat moments there are what takes you from you know laughing at something in Doctor Who with a character like Missy to absolutely feeling you know pulling at the heartstrings. No, totally. Know. So it that's was, really cool. It was brilliant because he actually asked the doctor as well. He's like, "Am I a good man?" Mm-hmm. Doesn't he? You know, I, I've just got to come back to something you said because that was one thing I, I really wanted to 100% agree with. Um, something I wanted to say as well is that this is a testament to how good Julian Bleach watches Davros because all the way through, you're thinking to yourself, "Ah, oh, he's, he's going to turn. He's, he's, he's not. This must be. This must be part of his plan. He's not really. Uh, you know, this can't be Davros. He can't be giving up and and dying. You know." And so, but when he does turn, it was, it was still like, oh my God, yeah. he isn't, he isn't. It was all part of the plan. And that is a testament to, to Bleach because it, you know, it, in, when you think about it, it's such an obvious thing. Of course, it's a part of his plan. Of course, he's going to turn on the doctor. But just like you, I really believed it right up until the, you know, until he turned. I yeah. really did. Honestly, I just, I don't know. I, I just thought it was superb the way he did it. I, I was sat there thinking, is this really happening? Is he really? <laughs> Surely not, you know, but he's so good the way he did it. And like you said, the writing was so nice um, that it really, really worked, I thought. So when he did turn, I was like, well, two emotions. I was like, first of all, I was like, oh, I, I, I knew he would. He'd have to. And then I was thinking, this is brilliant. I love it. I, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. I wanted it wanted it to happen i wanted him to turn i really yeah i fell for it as well just like yeah i was thinking oh my god davros is actually he's found peace you know what i mean he's mm-hmm. like he's accepted his fate i can't believe it you know yeah superb yeah i love that scene with them sharing the joke um i i love love the fact that capaldi well the doctor sorry you know says oh, i'm going to give you a bit of my don't tell anyone I did this. You know, I'll probably lose an arm and a leg somewhere in the future because of it. But, um, you know, I'm going to let you see the thing. And then it turns around that he's obviously sort of planned it all along. I just thought, yeah, it was great. It, it really, really was brilliant, I thought. Yeah, the whole the whole thing. And I think um, uh, for me, that that was the star of the show. Oh, definitely. Uh, he was a star. Sorry, Julian Bleach. So really to, to, good. 
to give so much emotion under that blimmin' mm-hmm. mask is not easy thing to do. I mean, it's and it's a brilliant mask as well, isn't it? How yeah. they, yeah, it looks like the it looks like the sort of classic series Davos, but with a slightly modern touch. They they haven't really done that much to it. They've just slightly tweaked it, um, and it's such a brilliant mask i think it's superb yeah really good. really really love bleachers davos um i do hope we see him again uh not too soon but i, I do i definitely welcome a return of him yeah i'm sure yeah. he will and um okay let's lastly let's move to the end um mm. lastly what did you think about the um the, the tardis reappearing for us allowing our heroes to escape into the sunset didn't really like that i Is knew it? you wouldn't no i knew you wouldn't like it it's the sonic shades. I don't like that. What these sonic sunglasses? I, Wear, no. Wearable technology. I'm not on board with that at all. Um, no, that was just a bit of a cheap wrap the story up for me. Um, yeah, didn't didn't do it. No, I didn't think you would. No, um, no, I'm not really a fan of the whole sonic sunglasses either. I, I think they're a little bit too. Um, the thing with the sonic screwdriver is it's almost like a character in its own right. Uh, yeah, you know it's got its own look and feel. It's got sound. It's tangible. You can lob it around, and actually do, you know, because it's because in a way it's like a Swiss Army knife mm. kind of thing. It's actually, you know, you hold it and use it as you would a tool, you know. Whereas the sunglasses, I think it's just it just doesn't feel like Peter Capaldi's Doctor would use them. I it, just, you know, yeah. it seems out of character for his character. If you know what I mean, it's like um. It's like a fashion accessory, but this doctor doesn't really seem to be into that stuff. I'm not. I'm not liking them at all. I no. hope. I hope they're not used throughout the series because I love the solid screwdriver. I mean, I wanted to see it toned down. Stephen Moffat, if you listen to this, we wanted to see less of it. We didn't want to see it go completely. You know, you didn't have to go over the top. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, I wanted to see it used a bit more sparingly. Like, but I didn't want to see the Sonic go and. I don't know. I get the feeling the doctor's. Well, he said he's given it up. Yeah. Um, but I'm really hoping we see the Sonic come back because I'm not liking the Sonic sunglasses at all. They just they just look like a pair of glasses. I don't care if they add sound effects to it. It's just not doing it for me at no. all. That. Nah. And you weren't a fan of the hostile action displacement system. What's that? Oh, what the TARDIS came back to get? I had to think then. Uh, no, that was just yeah. ridiculous, wasn't it? It's just silly. It, it yeah. kind of diluted the, um, the the quiet power of the TARDIS for me. It, yeah, exactly. The TARDIS is indestructible. Yeah, it's been said many times. Um, no, that was that. Yeah, silly. Yeah, they should have just had the TARDIS there throughout with the Daleks planning on how to destroy it rather than. But why would they destroy yeah. it? They they would use it. I, I mean, I meant to say this in the first episode actually why would they destroy the tardis this most powerful you know device from the time lords they they wouldn't destroy it that's the thing i don't think anyway yeah it's a bit bit of an oddball that one mm. yeah i think it was just to add to the cliffhanger really yeah uh more than anything else yeah yeah it's like in westerns you need a horse to run through the town for the hero to jump on and ride off into the distance you know yeah it's that kind of thing talking of the cliffhanger we said they picked up straight off from last week. In a way, they didn't because, well, they, well, they did. But it, the last scene was the shot of Capaldi with holding the gun towards the young Davros. Oh right. And actually, yep. we don't return to that till the very, very end of this episode. Um, for me, it was very predictable what the Doctor was going to do. I knew he was going to shoot the hands. I don't know about you. Um, I didn't know he was going to shoot the hands, but 
I knew that he wasn't going to shoot Davros, that's for sure. Oh, right. No, the first yeah. time I watched it, I was like, I know it's obvious he's just going to shoot the hands and save the boy. But I didn't think this on the first watch, but I did when I watched this yesterday. The last shot is the Doctor and young Davros walking away mm-hmm. across the planet, which does make me think, well, where? what happens now? Where does the Doctor go with that boy? I mean, if they're in the middle of a war... Does he just leave him there? Does he have a chat with him and try and, you know, change his future? Does he, do you know what I mean? He Mm. wouldn't just sort of walk off and say, well, got you away from those hand mines now, so off you go, Sonny. Or does he? I mean, I don't know. Surely the Doctor would try and, a bit like he did in the dreadful Christmas Carol, wouldn't he try and sort of (laughs) say to the young Davros, you know, when you grow up, um, maybe think about trying, you know, something (laughs) a bit more fun and you know what i mean it, wouldn't he try and steer him in the right direction or would he just literally just leave him to go off um well he, he well he maybe should have done he maybe should have said you know there's going to be points in your life where you're going to be faced with this decision and i i recommend that you don't sort of thing yeah but then again if he had done that this episode wouldn't have existed would it Oh, it's very timey white. I mean, he does yeah. slightly change the future by putting mercy in his, yeah, which kind of comes full circle Naughty. again. A yeah. little bit dubious with that, but um, but yeah, I did think that on the second watch. I was thinking it's left with the Doctor and Davros walking off. Well, you know, where are they going? I mean, is the Doctor taking him back to the TARDIS, or does he just leave the boy there? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just mm. dumps him at an orphanage and buggers off. Yeah, <laughs> leaves him, leaves it to fate. Well, he, and also he's just left Clara as well, doesn't he? He runs off in, on Scar, he just runs off to the TARDIS and leaves poor old Clara standing there. Yeah. I assume he's gone back for her because she's, she's in the next week trailer. But yeah. but yeah, I did think that, yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of nicely wrapped up, I think. Nicely wrapped up for a two-part. And I like the two-part thing as well. I think before oh, yeah. this series started, we were looking forward to going back to um, two-parters. And I'm glad they did. It does give you more time and more time to to move the characters along without rushing things. Um, and this was perfect for it as well because it was a real character-driven story, this one. Mm. It wasn't just typical running around explosions, all action stuff, which can be cool. Um, but I think for this one, you needed that extra time to go through the whole Davros character with the Doctor and Missy and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm glad they've gone back to the two parts. It's good. So me, me, me too. Yeah, I was going to say a very strong opener. Yeah, I really enjoyed both, actually. Um, in fact, I haven't enjoyed a Doctor Who episodes as much as this for a long time. It's not, it's not to say I haven't enjoyed what we've had. I mean, I've, I do always find something to enjoy in Doctor Who, and I'm very much enjoying, you know, Capaldi's The Doctor, but I really enjoyed this is what I mean. I, yeah. I, this is a story I, I enjoy going back and watching, you know, over and over again. I loved it. Um, I just noticed one other note I made, which was about Missy saying she got had a daughter. Did you pick up on that? Oh, yeah. That was a strange little... She keeps coming out with these things. The other week she said something about the Doctor being a girl as well, didn't she? Yeah. Uh, as a and She keeps throwing in these little lines. But the good thing about Missy is she talks so much rubbish that you, you can take it with a pinch of salt or mm-hmm. you can read a hell of a lot into it. But she said something about the Doctor giving her a brooch um, when she had her daughter or something and then she gets cut off again. And, yeah. yeah, it was a... Yeah, mm. these little things that Moffat's thrown in, I think it's He's just... thrown them in. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything too serious to, to no, look I into. I think it. it's just Missy playing mind games, potentially. But, um, yeah, I mean, we had that, we, we've had that story, haven't we, with, I think it's um, The End of Time, where the Time Lords come back. 
and there's a story about how the doctor and the master are little kids looking into is it the untempered schism oh yeah you yeah. know so they're they're two little boys there so uh, you know with missy about when he was a little girl and stuff i think that's definitely just take him with a pinch of salt yeah and probably mm. this this um this comment as well maybe she has i'm not sure but i, I doubt it no i doubt it no. so then overall overall scores well, for this episode yeah for this episode yeah i think it's you to go first this week buddy okay um last week i went for a nine out of ten because i absolutely loved it um i'm gonna go for an 8.5 out of 10 this week i was very very tempted to go nine again um the only things that lets it down for me is the bit you just pointed out at the end with the tardis the sonic sunglasses um and what was the other thing I didn't like too much? There was a couple of little, tiny little niggles that bring it slightly down. Um, so for me, it's an 8.5 out of 10 this week, but very, very good. Okay. Um, now, this is quite difficult for me because I want to change last week's scores, but I know I can't. Ooh. Yeah. I, I want to give this one an 8.5 as well. Oh, right. Okay. But I want to give last week an 8 now. Oh. Because yeah. you think this is a better episode? Yes. Mm. But the thing is, it's weird. It's difficult because I can't rate... I don't want to rate this one any higher than an 8.5. I'm I'm on the same line as you with the score. Mm. Um, but there are certain things in this episode, like, like I mentioned with Clara being inside the Dalek and that whole thing about her controlling it, but the case controlling her thoughts or her output and stuff like that. I wasn't really a fan of the whole... Sonic sunglasses, not really a fan of, um, and some other bits and pieces. So I don't want to score it any higher than that. Yeah. But at the same time, I enjoyed it more than The Magician's Apprentice. And that I gave a nine. So it's really, you know, yeah. I can't go, you know, it's really, so I'm going to stick with that. So we, we got nine out of 10 for last week, 8.5. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, let's, as well as that, what would you give as an overall story then, as an overall two parter out of 10? I think if we said a nine. Yes, I think overall. That's for, overall for the two. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty fair, isn't it? It was a good, it was a good opener. It was um, a cracking opener. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah, let's not, um, let's not, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was a really, really good strong. And I don't think we've had a really good strong one for a little while. Um, that we They have a habit of just playing it fairly safe mm. for the opening ones. I think even Deep Breath, even though that was... That was very good. I think we rated that reasonably high. What did we rate that? Deep breath. We gave that an eight. And I, yeah, see that I'm glad because I was worried I'd given that more. Yeah. Um, and it certainly doesn't deserve. I mean, yeah. deep breath was good, but it was by no means great. Whereas, yeah, the, the both these episodes I I rate really highly. I just really enjoy watching them again and again. Mm -hmm. Whereas deep breath is not one I've even gone back and watched actually. No, me either. Since. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I think the fair score. I think it's a good score. Okay. Yeah. From, from our review anyway yeah cool and what did you guys think yes um, you guys put a load of stuff on facebook again which is good a couple on twitter um, but you also sent in some audio and video so let's play the first one uh this is um uh this is the uh the enjoyable jay kent oh yes hello gary and adam it's me your friendly neighborhood jay kent here to give my thoughts on the witch's familiar which was a belter of a conclusion of a two-parter it was, ah, oh, lovely. I mean, I came out of it a bit unsure, which I'll talk about later, but yeah. Here, um, Davros, wow, wow. I love the Darth Vader moment. 
you know, is like, let me look at you with my own eyes. Is like, oh, he has real <laughs> eyes. What a lovely thing. It's very emotional. I mean, I knew it was going to be a trap from like the moment it was set out, but uh, if I had a soul, I would have cried. I loved, loved <laughs> Missy as the master. Her moment with the Doctor and Clara it, when she was in the dark. is like, oh, this is the one that shot her. And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, you, 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 there was you. I don't know what that was. Yeah, but she is properly the master. And I absolutely adore her. And I love the parallels with Asylum of the Dalek with, like, Jenna Louise's Coleman character trapped in a Dalek. It's like, I'm Clara Oswald, I am a Dalek, you know, you know. I'm and the original Daleks from the first Doctor's tenure when they put Ian in the Dalek, he's rolling about. A couple of nitpicks I'll go through shortly. I found the cutting a bit choppy at the beginning. I just didn't feel like it flew that well. The transition into the titles is like, get your own stick. No, it's not the best it was unsatisfying, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. The Doctor in the Davros chair, and while it was funny and hilarious, and I'm all for that, it, I just couldn't take him seriously when he was rolling about. He just wasted a really like powerful moment, I think. The hand mines were sort of left to waste. I think they could have like at least... There was no need for him. Could have replaced him with like the enemy taking the child hostage or something. No context for Davros's escape. How did he get there? I don't know. And the Sonic sunglasses. I just found that a bit of a cop out. And I hope it's not the Twelfth Doctor's thing now because I liked it when he didn't have a thing like a fez or a bow tie. That's very uh, eleven. Anyway, yeah. So hope you're all right. Have a good and okay. Bye. <laughs> love that guy yeah i was considering uh trimming that down slightly jay's review but i'm glad i didn't no i'm glad you didn't he yeah. reminds me of alexi sale do you remember yeah, yeah. <laughs> in voice i mean not in looks yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah thank you uh, jay you made some really good points there you do. um let's go back to facebook ryan anthony um Ooh. i absolutely loved this episode uh, the relationship between Clara and Missy was really good. As much as I love Clara and Missy together, um, there was an even better duo, which, of course, was the Twelfth Doctor and Davros. Julian Bleach is one fantastic guy to play the villain, and Capaldi continues to be an excellent Doctor. Uh, overall, a perfect start to Series 9, and if the stories continue to be of this quality, then certainly in for a treat. 10 out of 10. Mm, it's certainly set the bar high, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he says, oh, and I actually like the Sonic sunglasses. Looks like I'm going to have to buy some Ray-Bans. Oh, no. Uh, Loopy Land, Louise. Hello, Louise. Uh, so much better than part one. I still think some scenes could be trimmed down, but overall it was a much more enjoyable episode to watch. She gave it a 6.5. Yeah, because Louise didn't like the first part, did she? So, new, new. Mm. Uh, Thomas Andrew Evans. Uh, what a great episode. I think it's a lot better than the first one, although I did like uh, The Magician's Apprentice. Really loved the 12th. Uh, really loved when 12 came out in Davros's chair. Um, I really think Missy is more master um, than, in, than in the first episode, which is great. Also nice to see uh, the special weapons Dalek. <laughs> Nine out of ten. Um, we had um, George Garrity on Twitter. Um, he actually separated his tweets out into seven equal parts. So thank oh, you for yeah, being organised. Yeah. Uh, so he's put, wow, fantastic opener. Um, really didn't like Series 8 or 7B, but the, the, this episode um, has really redeemed my faith in the series. Uh, top performances by everyone. Missy was perfectly written and acted with her subtle comedy and sinister. Uh, Capaldi was, as ever, brilliant. Um, but this episode, uh, he was written um, as the darker Doctor. Um, uh, sorry, he, he wasn't... Um, 
written as the darker doctor as we were promised uh, this episode also did some brilliant service for the clara haters you know the moments in brackets also davros davros tugged at the heartstrings both as julian glover and the kid also capaldi and davros's chair was hilarious uh, as a two-parter i loved it my only problems and niggly bits uh, were from episode one um as best dalek uh, story starting part um sorry as best dalek story since parting of the ways um, it earns a 9.5 out of 10. Mm, yes, because I love Parting of the Ways. I agree with yeah. that. That's a, that's a, I still think that's one of the best uh, yeah. Dalek stories in the new series. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for um, taking the effort to write all of those tweets, George. Much appreciated. Um, let's play another audio clip. Um, this is our friend Joe Sweeney. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you guys are well. And here is my review of The Which is Familiar. Such a brilliant episode. I really enjoyed it. Is much more better than the Magician's Apprentice. Peter Capaldi and Julian Bleach acted so, so very brilliantly. It was really, really well done. There were a lot. Of, there were quite a few good bits that I liked in this episode, like number one, when the Doctor stole Davros's chair and also threatening the Daleks with the with, with a ray gun and also drinking tea. I thought that was really, really cool. And number two, the Clara Dalek. I am so happy Dav Davros didn't get killed off. D despite he fooled me um, throughout the episode, he had me convinced that he turned good. I sort of knew... I sort of knew Davros would be back. You, you can't have Doctor Who without Davros and the Daleks. And also, one important question, when does the Doctor get to see Sonic, Sonic Screwdriver? I'm going to give The Witcher's Familiar a big whopping score of 9.5 out of 10, which is the very first high rating I gave for, this, for, for Stephen Morford's episode um, ever since when he first took over from Russell T. Davis. Thank you very much, Joe. Yeah, makes some good points there. He had me fooled as well, Joe. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah, say... Uh, that pesky Davros. That, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there, mate. So I really appreciate you putting that clip together. Thank you very much. Uh, back to Facebook, uh, Jamie Ackley. Uh, Davros on the floor. The Doctor in Davros's chair with a brew. Clara trapped inside a Dalek again. Uh, another supreme performance from Michelle Gomez, nailing all the past masters and creating a new, more believable foe and friend in the blink of an eye. Uh, the scene with Davros dying was beautifully performed and quite sad. Um, in, and he's quoted the Doctor there, I owe him a sunrise. Um, what wasn't there to absolutely adore? Another 10 out of 10. All right. Cheers, Jamie. Excellent. George Coppen, I really enjoyed this story. Uh, it's different to last week, but fits in brilliantly. The two scenes I really liked were when Davros was on the floor out of his chair uh, when Davros opens his eyes, I thought it was quite freaky. Um, overall, a really good second part, 9 out of 10. So overall for both of them, 18 out of 20. Fair kind right. of makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex Kingdom, uh, just phenomenal. I never thought I would get near to tears in a Davros scene. Uh, the bits between Clara and the Master were really fun to watch. Uh, the Clara Dalek was a great callback to Asylum of the Daleks. Capaldi was the best actor in this episode. The only thing that would have been better as if Colin, um, uh, Colony Saf got more to do overall. 10 out of 10. 
Yeah, I think we're going to see him again, I reckon. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Did you shed a tear, mate? I meant to ask you. Um, I didn't shed a tear, but I did I did kind of choke up a little bit. Yeah. I did have a little choke, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Jeff Waddle, after giving up with episode one, my mate convinced me that I would like this one much more like the Doctor Who I want. Uh, Capaldi and Davros scenes were brilliant. Even Missy, who I'm not keen on, um, was better here. Uh, we kind of knew where it was going, but it was still good. Um, an hour would have been ideal instead of wasting episode one with almost all filler that went nowhere. Uh, I'd bump the score up to seven out of ten for the story as a whole, but if separate, two out of ten and nine out of ten. Mm, interesting that he, you know, there's such a big difference between parts one and two there, Jeff. Yeah. Mm. Lewis Palmer. Uh, I enjoyed this more than part one. Um, loved Davros and that scene where he opens his eyes. There were a number of things that completely contra contradicted or ignored other stories, however, and the sonic sunglasses are very silly. Overall, mm. a great conclusion to a pretty good opening story, 8.5. Yeah. Um, Yante Williams, amazing episode. I liked it more than the first one, and I loved that one. Cool. Uh, ben Smith, after being disappointed last week, I found this episode to be an improvement. Whilst I still can't see her as the master, Missy is starting to grow on me. She works well with Clara. Uh, Capaldi and Bleach together are brilliant. I'm not keen on Davros having real eyes, but they do make you feel sad for him. Uh, the whole 10 minutes of the Doctor in Davros' chair could have been cut out. Sonic sunglasses were terrible. The Wish is Familiar, 7 out of 10. Overall, 5 out of 10. Mm. And Paladin of Gallifrey. Uh, truly an amazing episode. Every moment of the acting was beyond superb. Uh, the pre-credit sequence was incredible. Uh, we not only saw four, but number one as well. Although um, the Daleks were a bit underutilized, I'd have to say that uh, you couldn't have done much more since it was not actually a Dalek story, but rather a Davros story. Uh, this is the best written show, line per line, of any Doctor Who episode ever. Uh, a modern classic, 10 out of 10. Yeah. And then he quotes the Doctor, I'm definitely having the chair. <laughs> and we have one last audio review. This is from our friend Tom Dix. Hi, Adam and Gary. Yeah, I've been trying to work out all day how to send this this um, like audio to you. So hopefully, if you're listening to this now, I've worked it out. But yeah, my thoughts on The Witch are Familiar, I really, really did like it. Like, I really enjoyed part one, but it, there just didn't seem to be a plot to it. Whereas in part two, there were, it, it was just a beautiful character piece. And we explored the depth of the friendship and, and the relationship between Davros and the Doctor. And which kind of made Davros seem more of a threat, really. That, that personal redemption that he had. And also seeing the relationship he and the Doctor had. Had, kind of made Davros more of a threat for me, but yeah, again, I really did enjoy this story. It was, it, it was, it was, it wasn't flawed really. My only problem with it though is Clara seemed a bit redundant. Like I, I always forget she's in this story. Like I've, I've seen it too many times now. Each time I come out of it, I'm just like, oh yeah, Clara was in that. But yeah, I thought it was a great start, and I can't wait to see what the Doctor's confession is. I cannot wait for the rest of Series Nine. Very positive review. Excellent, yeah. And I know that Tom has just recently moved to to Cardiff. Mm. So you've got no excuse to go and see Colin Baker next Saturday. <laughs> He'll be there. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much for putting your thoughts on um, the Big Blue Box Facebook page. Did you anything through on Geek's Handbag? Uh, yes, I had a couple. <laughs> um, I, my phone's just shut. One sec. I was so engrossed in what Tom was saying, <laughs> I actually closed my phone. Right, Stuart Stockwin, far better than the previous episode. A lot of people saying that. The acting that both Peter Capaldi and Julian Bleach gave when Davros was crying was so believable that I thought that was the moment when I thought I was going to hate Moffat for ruining him. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Um, 
Joe Sweeney, oh no, he sent in the audio, didn't he? Cousins 2019. I have to say, very different from last week's episode. Capaldi and Julian Bleach were amazing together on first watch. I didn't see what Davros' plan was. It was clever how they tied up the story with the sewers, but couldn't the Daleks just fly away? Hmm. Hmm. I can't believe Moffat was able to put in the line, the bitches back. Yeah, Cousins thought that was very unnecessary. Um... Loved the Doctor in Davros's chair. Thought that was funny. Is Missy working for the Daleks now? See, I think she might be. Mm. Liked how they kind of brought Oswin back because Clara was in the Dalek. Overall, quite like the episode. It was funny in some places. But Michelle in the American accent, I don't think was needed. But uh, overall, not as good as part one. Eight out of ten, he's given it. Okay. Okay. Um, and finally, Helen Jones. Uh, she says, another brilliant episode, maybe even better than last week's. Again, I was blown away by the performances from Peter Capaldi and Julian Bleach. I actually found myself feeling sorry for Davros, so did I. Especially when he wanted to open his eyes to see the sunset. Won't lie, cried a little. So did I, Helen. Then for him to turn evil again, feeling his true plan was just amazing. I loved the idea of the Dalek sewers and couldn't help but be reminded of Genesis of the Daleks again, where Tom Baker enters that room full of squealing mutant Daleks. I'm glad you pointed that out, Helen, because, yeah, that does make me feel better about the sewers. Uh, I was glad it wasn't all serious, though. The opening scene with Missy and Clara was wonderful and funny, and I also loved Clara as the Daleks saying, that was a bit weird. I did feel (laughs) over the two episodes that Clara was a bit sidelined, and I would, a bit sidelined though, and I wonder, should there have been just the Doctor and Missy episodes? Again, a couple of negative points. Not keen on the Sonic's sun ray, oh, Sonic Ray bands. I hope they are used sparingly and the Beeb is at it again <laughs> by changing the start time every week. I know! Uh, nine out of ten from Helen. So yeah, she, she really enjoyed it. And I agree with a lot of what you said there, Helen. Fantastic. Yeah, me too. And they've changed the start time for this week's um episode oh, again haven't they really late and is it well you know for kids i mean it's like um isn't it like eight thirty-five or something stupid yeah it's on um yeah it's it's after eight o'clock anyway yeah i saw one of our listeners uh martin i think um was it martin that was tweeted some one of our listeners tweeted it saying you know hey bbc what's going on like i don't let my kids stay up that late yes. uh, which is a very yeah. good point i know we can record it and watch it next day but that's not the point kids want to watch it on the night don't they of course. Yeah, we need yeah. to get some rant music, mate. We really do. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Oh yeah. We have a we have a, a rant clip. <laughs> you should have played that when you're talking about the the American BBC uh, Blu-ray. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh love uh, it! Yeah. That is that's superb. I, I can't wait to hear that again. So that's the rant clip. Let's hear Brilliant. it. Let's do it again. Let's hear it again. Yeah. So, I love it. A little mini rant to close the show. Let's sort out the start times because yeah. uh, it needs to be consistent. Why can't it just be like half seven every week? Yeah. Come on, sort it out. Yeah, sort it out. It's not difficult. Yeah. Get that strictly off. And I think we will wrap <laughs> just there, dude. I think we should.
the witch is familiar. We have given that an 8.5, which bumps the overall score for both to a 9. And I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that score, actually. Yeah. I think so. I think that's well deserved. It was a really cracking series opener. And, really uh, enjoyable. Yeah, and sorely missed as well. We haven't had a real cracker of an opener for a while, so it's all good. Yes. Moving on to trivia. Mm. Before we've closed properly, last week we asked you, on what date was Victorian Clara born? And uh, the answer to that was the 23rd of November, 1866. I almost remembered because I, kn- I knew it was the date the Doctor Who first aired, but I couldn't remember the year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, now, somebody did get this right, and I haven't got it to hand. Oh, no. But it's cool, though. I will I'll read it out next week. It's totally cool. Um, that's really bugging me. Somebody got it right, and I was thought I thought to myself, this is a real tough one. Nobody's yeah. going to get it, but somebody did. Um, but it's okay. Well done. well done, that person. Well done, that person. You know you who know you who are. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, and I'll read it out next week. So, trivia for this week is, uh, what is the first story to mention that the Doctor has two hearts. Hearts beats. And when when I say story, I don't mean um, a big Finnish play or a book or anything like that. I'm talking about just like, you know, a, a DVD TV story. Ooh. Yeah. So what is the first story to mention that the Doctor has two hearts? You can jump onto Twitter and Facebook and give us your answer. And I promise if you get it right, I will read it out next week along with this week so thank you very much again for sticking with us Um, head over to their website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk from there you can listen to all the past episodes plus you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and stuff like that and you can also link off to uh, Twitter and Facebook Instagram and follow us on there too Uh, also be sure to check out Adam's channel um, The Geek's Handbag just do a search for that on YouTube and Facebook does loads of really cool videos um, the last couple have been really good. Love those little Ghostbusters. Oh, they're uh, brilliant, aren't they? Really and now cool. I love them. Yeah. I must get some more. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I'm going to pick up some of those as well. Uh, so, until next time, uh, my name's Gary. And uh, my name's Adam. And remember, Alonzi! Alonzi!